This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Bills-Jets, Monday Night Football, September 11th. By the way, Sunday night, Cowboys-Giants, September 10th, at MetLife Stadium. Monday night, yeah. Bills-Jets at MetLife Stadium. It's the September 11th, memorializing, obviously, the tragedy of September 11th, 2001, in New York City. Football being played, both these teams at home. It's going to be a wild, wild atmosphere both mm-hmm. these games are going to be super interesting and a great way to kick off the NFL season in these this stadium with these two teams, obviously. Yeah, we're driving to New York, so I've got five people from Channel 7 who are going. We're going in two different mm-hmm. waves. We have three people going on Saturday and then myself and a photographer going. Uh, shout out Jay Fair on Sunday morning. But because we are both football junkies, and like I said, I very rarely get to watch football games, we are mm-hmm. leaving at 4 a.m. so we can try wow. and get into New York and have all of our work done by one o'clock so we can watch the one o'clock games and the four o'clock games and just like sit there and enjoy ourselves. But it was funny because when we originally made our plans work, understandably so, Channel 7 asked, hey, could we have you live at six o'clock outside of MetLife Stadium on Sunday night? And I said, sure, it's not a big issue. I can do that. And then I looked at the schedule and I said, uh, no. I cannot go live outside of MetLife Stadium because there will be another football game happening in that stadium yes. the night before the Bills game. So I was thinking about doing Billy Joel. We were floating that idea around there at Madison Square Garden, but tickets a little bit too expensive for somebody who's not. I like Billy Joel, but I don't feel comfortable paying $400 to see Billy Joel. I We did that myself and Bill Sabres photographer Bill Whippert did that several years ago when we were there for a Jets game. Loved it. It was great. It was a bit expensive. And I said, I don't need to do it again because I saw it and it was expensive and I saw it was awesome. So yeah, that's a tough call because you want to see something like that. We, we have a lot of games on the schedule this weekend. We can touch on them in a little while, but this obviously is the most important for our purposes. I want to go back to something you said a little while ago. You said the middle linebacker spot is really the one big concern. How concerned are you about right tackle right now? With Spencer Brown starting there and some of the things that we've talked about on this podcast and elsewhere, uh, he's going to be going against a tough defensive line, obviously, and a tough defense and Robert Salah's defense. How concerned are you there? Concerned, for sure. Maybe not as concerned as I am about linebacker, but I might say it's the second or third most concerning thing for the Bills. I just think with Spencer Brown, I mean, the guy's played in playoff games. The guy's played in really, really high-stakes environments. 
yep. even if he hasn't necessarily played extremely well in those games, he has that experience. This is not something new to him. To Ber- Terrell Bernard, this is something new. So I guess kind of the unknown is maybe the thing that scares me the most about the linebacker position. I would say the three biggest question marks that I have for the Bills are linebacker, right tackle, and cornerback too. And I think it would probably be that order for mostly everybody who is watching the Bills, roots for the Bills, covers the Bills. I think Christian Benford is steady enough that that's not a huge concern. I think it's just something to monitor. I shouldn't even say cornerback too. I'll say cornerback in general because I don't know what Trey White is going to be this year. Is it 2020 injury or 2021 before the injury Trey White or is it Trey White after last year when he came back it's probably somewhere in the middle but yeah I would say that those are the three areas that you know I'm circling on my piece of paper that say okay those are matchups you got to watch because those could be places where the bills get exposed so the Jets we know have a very very good defense speaking of you know Spencer Brown at right tackle yeah Osiris Torrance who has yet to play a snap in the NFL obviously this will be his first action when he lines up Monday night next to Spencer Brown. This is a very good defensive front. You're looking at Quinton Williams, Al Woods, Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, who they really, really love in mm-hmm. New York. This is going to be a really tough matchup. Robert Salah's defense has obviously given the Bills a little bit of fits the last couple of years, last couple of games. The Bills lost there in New York, and then it, was a, it wasn't a it was an easy game in Buffalo when they... No. I will say, though, Josh Allen torched Robert Salah's defense on Monday Night Football in San Francisco, well, in Arizona mm-hmm. against San Francisco, uh, a few years ago, so they're in for a tough role here, a tough, um, you know, a, a tough way to go get go at it. But a, a heavy lift, Sauce Gardner at corner makes it even more challenging. So, what do the Bills have to do? Do you think on offense against this defense? Is it hey, let's go attack them? Is it let's just play it slow and steady, try to run the ball? Like if you're a coordinator, if you're Ken Dorsey, how are you thinking about maybe attacking this defense? Quick, 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 quick passes. Get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Make sure that that defensive line cannot take over the game. Easier said than done, right? One of the things that makes the Bills so dynamic is their ability to hit the big play. And usually you need a little bit of time to let that big play develop. You still need to do that, but you need to be calculated on when you do that. Because if you're giving yourself bad situational football opportunities, if it's third and nine, third and eight, then you might be screwed. And then you might be talking about losing a game. But if you stay out in front of it, okay, first and 10, quick three-step drop, Deontay Hardy, six yards, boom. Like that's the kind of stuff that they need to be doing. That's why I like, honestly, the if you're playing fantasy football or if you're betting or whatever it is, I like Deontay Hardy, Dalton Kincaid I do too. this week a lot. And I don't love Gabe Davis and Trent Shurfield just because I don't know how much downfield attacking they will do. Stefan Diggs is going to get his, right? Like that's their number one receiver, even though he can do a little bit of everything and he'll be on Sauce Gardner. You still have to like Stefan Diggs. He's one of the best players in the entire league, but I think it's the quick stuff. And if you're Ken Dorsey, that's what you need to do. And even though they have a great defensive line, you can't completely abandon the run. You need to still have some semblance of a running attack, because if you don't, it will really let them just kind of know. Just, you know, you got to be a little less predictable, which is something this team has struggled with at times. Yeah, I like Dalton Kincaid a lot. I've been saying this for a while in this matchup. I think this might be right away a bam, Dalton Kincaid kind of coming out party on the national stage because as good as their linebackers are, um, CJ Mosley, especially, and then Quincy Williams, Jamie and Sherwood as well, as good as their linebackers are. I don't think they're known really as slow. Linebackers, a right? Touch, yeah. A touch like, you know, yeah. really good against the run. 
but could potentially be beaten in the passing game. And if you want to go nickel corner, Michael Carter, they have there, they have a couple of Michael Carters, by the way, one's a running yeah, back. But say. To, there's a, there's two Michael Carters on the same team. And then there's a Connor McGovern on each team, by the way, playing yeah, yeah. offensive line in this game. Um, Michael Carter at nickel corner. I think these are matchups. The bills would have the more favorable matchup in. I do think if you, once you get past sauce Gardner, there are opportunities in that secondary DJ reads a fine player. I mean, He's talking about these guys being 85 Bears, Legion of Boom. Let's slow down that role a little bit. I get it. Like confidence, this is how people talk. Not going to blame him for having confidence and optimism in his defense. But, man, th- those are the kinds of games, those are the kinds of teams and units that went on to win Super Bowls and had historic seasons. I think we need to get there first. The Jets have not made the playoffs in 12 years. They're mm-hmm. they're thinking really high here, and I get it. I understand it. But I do think outside of Sauce Gardner, there's a little bit of opportunity, maybe even especially at safety, Jordan Whitehead, Tony Adams there, uh, Ashlyn Davis. These are not guys that I think the Bills should necessarily try to shy away from. And if they have an opportunity, maybe they can attack downfield against that secondary. On the other side of the ball. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think the biggest Bills advantage in this game is their defensive line against a Jets offensive line that apparently still has not really gotten much better from what it was last year. And we saw that in hard knocks. We saw that in preseason and Mm -hmm. scrimmages and reports. But I think the Bills defensive line, this is a chance for them to really try to dictate this game. From the way it's been explained to me, I've talked to a couple of people who know a lot more about the Jets than we do. It's the offensive line is a concern, but it's on a different level. For the pass game, they're actually a pretty good pass blocking unit. For the run game, that's when they have seemed to struggle. So it makes you wonder how effective will they be in the run game? And if they're not effective in the run game, you know, we don't know what to expect from Brees Hall. I said on the last podcast, Eight to 10 touches is probably what I'm expecting to see from Brace Priest Hall. For Dalvin Cook, it's probably the same. Eight to 10 touches. So let's say they get between 15 and 20. If those are not effective, whether they're, you know, rushes or short passes, it will make them one-dimensional. And anytime you make a team one-dimensional, that's when I think you can have a little bit more success. If they don't hold up in the pass pro, like you need your, you need, a big day from Leonard Floyd. You need a big day from Greg Rousseau. Obviously, any pressure on the interior will help you significantly. The one thing that we also have talked about is you might be catching the Jets at the right time because mm-hmm. of a new coordinator, a new quarterback, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I had a conversation at the stadium yesterday with somebody on the team, and they said, I hear your point, but it really doesn't matter because it's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers will have all of that stuff figured out, and we have mm-hmm. to be prepared for the absolute best version of Rodgers and for the Jets and for the offense. I also he know does also like, have guys he's familiar with. I mean, you know, Alan Lazar. Yeah, he's got Alan Lazar. Guys he's yeah. thrown. I, I, I actually do think it's a thing. I, I mean, all due respect to that person, uh-huh. it is still the first time really with an entire group. And I mean, they did play a little preseason together, uh, some snaps, but I do think there's a little feeling out period here. Like, especially if you put a guy like Dalvin Cook in the game who hasn't been, you know, part of your offense that much. So, yeah, he is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to still make some throws, no doubt about it. He's going to still make great plays. It's not like you're, it's not like you're putting a bottom tier quarterback out there. 
Mm-hmm. But I do think they're still getting them at the right time here because there, there, there is something to be said about cohesiveness and understanding who you are and how you want to play the game. Yeah, I agree with you there. I just think that when you have Aaron Rodgers, you should be able to kind of put the pieces together quicker because he'll cover up some of those flaws. Because even at 39 years old, he can still make freakishly impressive throws and really, really explosive plays. It's Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett Wilson is a freak. That dude is so good. So it makes you wonder, what will they do? Will Trey White follow Garrett Wilson? Or will they try and double Garrett Wilson and have it be Benford Mm -hmm. and some sort of combination of one of the safeties helping? What will they do? I don't know. Another little storyline that I'm really excited to see here is the Sean McDermott defense. Because now it's all on you, Sean, right? He knows that. And I think that he's taking the accountability. And there's something commendable about that. How aggressive will he be? Everybody keeps saying, Sean McDermott is a defensive play caller, super aggressive. They're not showing anything in the preseason. What they did in the preseason, those three games on defense, I don't think that is indicative of anything that they plan on doing in the regular season. Interesting. But what does aggressive mean? Does aggressive mean blitzing every other play? I don't think that's what it means. But what does it mean for Sean McDermott against a tough test coming out of the gate? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of, the, of their first three games... This is certainly the most intimidating offense that they're going against. How can you handle it? It's probably the most intimidating defense, too. I think it's the best team oh, out of the first three, right? No, I question, mean, no question. Raiders week two, you got the Washington Commanders week three. Uh, last thing to button up on this particular, the matchup side of things. I mentioned at the top of this podcast that Micah Hyde, Sean McDermott said, back issue wasn't going to practice. We go out there. He's practicing. Now, I get it. We all get that everybody says, well, how could the head coach not know? It's easy. Let me just explain. What happens is Sean goes in in the morning, gets an update from trainers, gets an update, you know, what's going on. Hey, Micah High got a back issue. Like, well, okay, let's probably hold him out. That's probably how the conversation went. I wasn't there. I'm not in that room, obviously, but that's how, probably how it went. He comes to meet with us. Mm-hmm. And in that time frame, it's totally possible. They stretched him out. They did some exercises. And he's like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. The trainers are like, yeah, you know what? We'll clear you. You're good today. Let's do it. He goes out and they're like, hey, coach, you know, we're going to have Micah high practice today. Totally reasonable that something like that happened. That being said, because of the neck injury last year, and this is a back, I think there's some concern there. But after watching him at practice, I don't think we should be concerned. It looks like they're going to have all hands on deck. Yeah, there is a possibility, though, too, that he was just out there for the portion that we were able to watch. And then he just kind of sat and did nothing for the rest of practice. I don't think that would be the case. But if you still wanted to get some individual work in but not do anything in team drills, and it's tough to know for sure because there was actually no injury report from Wednesday. We will get the Bills' first injury report on Thursday afternoon. So if you're listening to this before that, then I guess we'll wait and see. But we should he'll probably be listed as limited anyway, regardless of what happens, just because it's an injury that they're monitoring. Besides that, though, the Bills fairly healthy going into this game. You know, Von Miller is a massive loss. But besides Von Miller, you know, they they should have all of their main pieces available. All right, let's uh, jump around the NFL, including what's going to happen on Thursday night when the season kicks off in Kansas City.